welcome. The goal of this podcast is to get listeners connected with others in the sports industry because they say it's all about who you know, and now you know us. Hey everybody, this is Connor Shank, and today you're listening to the Constant Sports Podcast, the podcast that is committed to connecting you with other sports professionals because they say it's all about who you know, and today you know Jordan Thomas. Thanks for joining us today, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And, you know, you were a very highly esteemed guest, sought after guest. So we get we thought we'd get you on the podcast today and uh, get you connected with, uh, you know, our listeners and viewers. And hopefully we can get you connected as well. So just a little background on Jordan here. He uh, Jordan is the manager of business development with the Dallas Wings and Panther Street of Lacrosse. And in this episode, we're going to talk from everything with sports business, college athletics, graduate school, coaching, being a supervisor, you know, all that type of stuff. So we're excited to uh, get started today. And uh, I guess, Jordan, just to start off, you know, maybe give the viewers and listeners kind of a quickish, you know, backstory about who you are, kind of how you got to where you are. I know that's a mouthful and a lot to talk about, but, <laughs> you know, kind of the read of digest and we'll, we'll dig a little deeper as we get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, thanks for having me, Connor. Um, yeah, you know, my background in sports is, um, uh, it's been everywhere, man. It's neandered through all these different avenues. Baseball has definitely been a catalyst for me. Um, uh, and it's been that way all my life, really. Baseball has been a part of my life since, um, I can remember. Um, and it's kind of one of those sports that I say it chose me and, uh, it's given so much to me. And so, you know, now I'm in a position where I can kind of give back to the game. Uh, I'm not in baseball as we currently speak, but, uh, I'm in the sports world. So, mm -hmm been in the sports world for at least the last eight to nine years. Um, and that started while I was finishing up my degree at Bethune-Cookman University and HBCU in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, and so, you know, Major League Baseball, uh, NBA G League, now the WNBA and National Lacrosse League. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I'll try not to... Uh, I think probably the questions will probably bring out a lot more in terms of the background. So uh, let's dive into that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I guess to, to start, you mentioned a little bit, you were a college baseball athlete and you chose college. Um, is, is that kind of how you got to the Finn Kirkman there? Is was baseball or is that kind of, was it the school first then baseball or, you know, how'd you get down that path? Oh man, it's, it's a great um, kind of like story. And I wish that I could tell this story more often, but um, I went to high school on Southern University's campus, another HBCU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, um, you know, I basically grew up on Southern's campus and I'd known the head baseball coach there, Roger Kador, who played in big leagues. He's well known. He's probably in the, the coaches hall of fame, mm -hmm. uh, but he was a great family friend to us. And I've probably known him since I was about seven years old. And, um, I remember they were playing Bethune on ESPN. This was the Urban Youth Classic back in Compton. And uh, Coach Kadar told me, he was like, hey, tune in. We're, you know, we're going to be on ESPN. And so um, I tuned in and I watched Bethune at the time. They were beating up on Southern bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked my mom, I said, you know, who is the school? Where Where is the school? And uh, I was just really inquisitive. I was in eighth grade at the time. And um she was like, oh, you know, it's an, it's an HBCU out in Florida. And so I just kind of always had them on my radar. 
And then when it came time for me to go through the recruiting process myself, um, I always kind of kept them in, in mind because they had a lot of the things that I was looking for in college, right. uh, in, the, in the college that I chose. And so, you know, one of the big things was that I wanted to get a, a degree that, you know, I felt was transferable, um, that I could use, um, in which I graduated with uh, my bachelor's in business administration. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, also minored in mass communications. I probably should have, like put that to use now. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, I I, I wanted to have a, a a really reputable degree. Uh, I wanted to play baseball at a high level. Yep. At the time, they they were winning conference, the MEAC conference every year, um, and going to a regional. Um, the fact that it was in the state of Florida and on the beach was even that'll, more attractive. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, the fact that it was an HBCU was huge for me mm-hmm. uh, because that was a culture that I was familiar with and that I wanted to experience. Everyone in my family had attended an HBCU. Um, my dad went to Texas Southern. My mother, my grandparents, godparents, brother went to Southern. Um, and so and my, my grandfather on my dad's side played for Coach Eddie Robinson at Grambling State University. Okay, okay. So, um I knew that this was the route that I wanted to go, man. And that's, that's kind of how I chose. And it was the best four years of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Love to hear that, that story there. And you mentioned at the end, that's, you know, how that's kind of the route you chose and went down. So you, you went down that road, baseball, and then is that kind of what propelled you? You're like, okay, I like the sports industry. Is that kind of what propelled you into the sports, I guess, as a career rather than going, you know, finance or business for, you know, a different, a different sector. Yeah, well, you know, I always knew that I was going to play the game for a while. Um, but I knew also outside of that, that I'm so much more than just an athlete and always have been. Um, and so when it came time, I mean, I just used what I had. And that was, you know, one of the things that's always propelled me, whether it was in baseball or anything else in life, is the fact that I've never met a stranger. Um, I can connect with just about anybody. And I think my life experiences, you know, I'm grateful that I had a mother who pushed me to to go and try things, um, yeah. to not be scared, to not be afraid to go away for, for school. You know, I was away 10 and a half, 11 hours, um, and that's driving mm-hmm. from home in Louisiana. And so, and I may have gotten homesick like one time, <laughs> you know, um, and that was pretty early on. But, you know, I knew for me, my, my aspirations were going to be long term. I love to see people grow. And that's what what helped me get into the coaching space. My brother's a great coach. He coached me growing up, you know. Um, so I saw that, you know, not only that, I was, I'm a fifth generation educator. So, you know, when I talk about how my path has been everywhere but straight, I was <laughs> in education for a while as a teacher. Right. Um, so that's something that's in me that I can always tap into. And I did. And so um, I just knew that opportunities were endless. And the more that, I put myself out there, the more those opportunities would be available to me. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And then I guess as far as the travel and you're saying getting homesick, you ended up at Temple uh, getting your, uh, you know, at the school of sport and tourism hospitality. I think that's the full name of it. I can't remember. It's something, yeah. something very similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a mouthful. So you ended up, you know, out there at the University of Temple. So how'd you get out there and um, what, what made you choose that program? Well, yeah, I mean, that was a journey in itself, too. Um, 
when I was playing, I think this was my, after my last season of professional baseball, I got back home um, in Florida, to my place in Florida. And I, I didn't really have a sense of direction. I, in the off season, I coached. Um, I, was, I had a travel team that I coached and I worked at a baseball academy. And that was a way for me to stay in shape, stay involved in the game, just reinforce, you know, my love and passion um, for the game. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kept thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, what else is there? Like, I, I want to be a part of the game for a long time. What else right. can I do? Um, my god sister was at Chapel Hill and she was in their sports administration program, their master's mm-hmm. program. And I talked to her and she was like, hey, you know, we actually have a career uh, in sports weekend. You should come up, check it out. It's like an open house. Yep. So I did that, went up there, had a great time at Chapel Hill. And I thought that that was the place uh, for me. Um, but, you know, just having great people in my life, like mentors at the time, they were like, well, I know you love, you know, the idea of being at Chapel Hill because it's fully funded. Um, mm-hmm. But you should explore some other options as well. And so I did my research and I found Temple. Temple was in Philadelphia, I'd never been to Philadelphia at the time. Yeah. Uh, and the more research I did, the more I connected with individuals there like Jim Alton, um, Amy Giddings. Uh, it just became apparent like, okay, I need to see what this opportunity may have for me. Mm-hmm. Could this be you know, the next step that I take? And so I took a trip up there. They had a career in sports um, night and, um, I met, you know, a lot of my future professors, um, advisors like Jim. And before I met them, I got a chance to get to know the city of Philadelphia. Mm. And I think that that's so crucial for anyone who's looking to go into a graduate school. Graduate school is going to count for a large part of your time. But at the same time, you need to have something to uh, do on your downtime to Mm. be able to get away and not feel inundated by all this information that you're receiving, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had a blast. Um, I stayed downtown. I walked the city, took the subway, um, and I just got to know the city, and and I loved it. It made me feel like I was um, in a northern New Orleans, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I came from that trip, and I was just like, yeah, this is where I want to go. This I'm not applying it. anywhere else. Um, I didn't apply anywhere else. I only applied to Temple and, um, I got in and, um, you know, that was the, the culture that I felt the big thing about going to Temple was the fact that you got five major sports organizations and probably more now that I think about it, but, um, having that, but then also you got at least six major universities there. Mm -hmm. So being in the field of sports administration, sports business, there were so many opportunities. I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. I'm grateful for that experience that I had going there because it was unmatched. Um, and it allowed me to, to have the experiences that I'm having now. Right. And, and to dive into the experiences kind of you're having now. So what was it like, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are either in the transition phase from, you know, in the graduate school and then during and then now they're graduating, right? So what was the transition like after you graduated um, from, from Temple and then, you know, getting your next job? Kind of how did that go? Was a lot of cold calls, emails? Was a referral? Like, what was that process like? Oh, man. I, I mean, 
I have to I have to talk about my experience with Texas Rangers as mm-hmm. a Charlie Pride fellow. Um, and that came about, I mean, I think this, the sports industry is all about relationships. Right. It is 100% about relationships um, because that's how I've gotten all the positions that I've, I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I did a damn good job everywhere that I've been. Right. Um, you got to do, do your part. You're right. Right. You do have to do your part. And I think that's what's made, um, you know, my, my industry experience in sports so special. Um, I've been a part of some really cool projects. Mm-hmm. And to go back to the Texas Rangers, that started just by a relationship um, that I hadn't even met this individual. It was an individual I saw last night. You know, we're, we're in the middle of the WNBA season here with mm-hmm. the Wings and um, an individual named Larry Lundy. Um, and I think about it, it wasn't a sports organization that I met him through. It was a men's fellowship organization. Mm-hmm. And so we connected and he sent me, uh, he sent me the Charlie Pride Fellowship application. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, this would be a great opportunity. They made an exception for me to, I was a graduate student. It was really for juniors and seniors, um, upcoming mm-hmm. juniors and seniors. Um, but I mean, I, I probably wrote one of the best, um, one of the best <laughs> letters that I could write in terms of why I wanted to be a Charlie Pride fellow. I mean, I sat there and I poured everything I could into it. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward into that experience, I had a chance to work in baseball operations, which I had experience in. Mm-hmm. And that was scouting from uh, the professional and amateur level, as well as, um, you know, the analytical side. I didn't really have the analytical experience, um, in which I learned I actually did, but it was more of like the coding, more of, mm-hmm. uh, the SQL, the Python, um, that background that I was able to gain some experience in. Um, but then also business partnerships. And that's what spoke to me. And that's why I've chosen this side of the, the industry now, being in revenue, is because of my experience there. Um, I mean, that front office, those individuals, they opened up the door for me to be able to experience, okay, I know I've never met a stranger in my life. I can make a lot of money from this, um, but I can also create meaningful experiences, meaningful partnerships, meaningful, tell stories that people don't know about, you know, cause mm-hmm. we always see brands, we see their marketing, we see their sponsorship, their logos, but we don't know the story a lot of times behind it. Um, and that's what makes that space special to me. And so I got a chance to work in that, that department and then marketing as well. So they kind of worked hand in hand, um, you know, and so just going back to, you know, how I've, I've, I've gotten to this point, it, it started there. Um, yeah. And so I, I just maximized that experience and getting the chance to meet the new Pride Fellows now that I'm back in Texas last yeah. week, especially because I look back on it, I'm like, wow, that was two years ago. And it went like it went like I, that. I, right. Yeah. Um, and so to answer your question, I know this is long winded. When I graduated, um, the Philadelphia Phillies were an organization that I really wanted to work for, mostly because I, I loved the city of Philadelphia. Um, and I'd also done some really great work for them as well. And so 
it just so happened at the time they were looking to go in a different direction and it was nothing against me. It was just, mm -hmm. that's where they were headed. And so I, um, I'd stayed in contact with the person that I connected with who ended up being the chief operating officer. I'm sorry, the chief revenue officer here with the wings. And mm. right when he was getting ready to take this job, he reached out to me and say, Hey, you know, are you still interested you know, and being in revenue. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm still interested. And uh, this was a couple of weeks before graduation. He's like, well, I'm thinking about taking this job. Um, and I want you to be my first hire. And so one, I felt honored. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I felt like, yeah, you're damn right. I'm supposed to be your first <laughs> yeah. hire. <laughs> yeah. You got the you right know? guy. Right. You got the right guy. But, um, you know, just continuing to establish that relationship. We stayed in contact and right after graduation, it was kind of a long process. He was like, Hey, look, I got the job. I need to do some things, move some things around, mm -hmm. understand the culture a little bit better. Um, and so once I knew that this was where I was going to go, I, I had the rest of that summer to prepare for it. But yeah, there was a lot of cold calling. There was a lot of reaching out to my network. There was a lot of leaning on friends mentors, people that I trusted. Um, and I could tell you, I mean, it's a learning experience. Right. You're not going to get it right. I've been fortunate enough to already have what I think, you know, I've lived a couple of lives already. And mm -hmm. so for someone who is looking to get into this industry and they're a new graduate, give yourself grace, um, be patient with yourself and, and really and truly know like if this is, if you get an opportunity is this opportunity going to propel me forward? Is this what I really want? Because this industry is not for the faint of heart. You, you, in this industry, the people who make the most money are the brands and the people who lead the organization. So if you're okay with not making a ton of money at the beginning of your career, then yeah, go for it. But if you know that's something that you really high on, be mindful that, that you might not. Right. make that kind of money you know yeah, we yeah. all have this idea right so um you know i know that's long-winded but that's that's kind of how it went for me after graduation mm -hmm. no yeah that was that was a lot of good gold nuggets in there and i just wanted to kind of parlay this into the the next question here so you mentioned you kind of each step your job or each step you take you're maximizing the opportunity at hand still connecting with those you know individuals and building relationships and as you mentioned that's how you got over there to the Dallas Wings. So kind of give our viewers and listeners here a little bit of insight, you know, of how, at, you know, typical day goes at, at the Wings uh, or Panther City Lacrosse um, and kind of maybe talk about how those are connected, I guess, or work hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was something on its own that I had to learn. I mean, even before I took the job, I had to do my own research, understanding what the NLL was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, Besides the sport of pickleball, lacrosse is the fastest growing sport in America. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not native to Texas. It's more of a Northeast Canadian sport, right? So I had to learn, you know, about that. But I watched last year's uh, finals with Buffalo and Colorado on YouTube. Yep. Atmosphere was crazy. It was, it was insane. And they just, Buffalo just won this last week. Um, but I had to learn about, you know, the industries themselves. What attracted me, excuse me, to this opportunity was the fact that these are both growing leagues and sports. Mm -hmm. um, the WNBA is 
you know, the fastest growing sport right now on a professional level yeah. in, in terms of viewership, in terms of engagement. And so that was something that stood out to me. It was like, wow, I could be a part of something really cool. And not only that, I'll be able to learn more about the business on all levels by being, you know, in, in both leagues, right. which I have. And so, you know, a typical day to day, it's, there are a lot of cold calls, especially being in revenue. Mm -hmm. um, it's reaching out to people. As I mentioned, lacrosse is not a native sport to Texas. So there's an education piece to it where I'm educating, you know, people in the community about what lacrosse is, um, what is box lacrosse, right? <laughs> how it works, all that. Right, how it works, how <laughs> how the it's different than than being in the outdoor game. And, um, you know, this is a sport that I wish I played growing up. My brother and I, we talk about it all the time. We're like, man, we we should have played lacrosse when we were, yeah. we were kids, right? Um, so, you know, a typical day is, is it's growing the brand. You know, that's what I'm charged with doing. Uh, I'm in charge of bringing people out, um, whether that's through – you know, smaller partnerships through uh, corporate outings. Um, I like to start my day, you know, if I have emails and whatnot. I'm not a coffee guy, so the first thing I'm going to do is get some tea. Okay. Um, and and I'll, I'll probably, you know, finish if I have, like, light breakfast or something. Uh, but then I get into my emails, make sure that I'm not missing anything. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have the, those time periods where it's better to call people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm someone who likes to talk things through. If I send an email, it's like, it's got everything in it <laughs> <laughs> or it's got a little tidbit like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about, but we're going to hop on the phone. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for, I give myself about a two and a half hour window before lunch to just bang out, bang out calls. Like who's on my list today? You know, who did I have a follow-up with? And we use systems like Salesforce, which are great in yeah. terms of, helping you to create, you know, set up your day. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll set up follow-ups through that. But, you know, man, we're, we're all hands on deck. It's a smaller organization. So sometimes you're going to wear multiple hats. But I think that's the beautiful thing about it, and especially where I'm looking ahead in my career from a long-term perspective, is I wanted to be able to have experience doing, you know, uh, a plethora of different things instead yeah. of just my job. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's going to be anywhere in sports. That's how you're going to be able to move up is by being able to do multiple things. You know, if you're a one trick pony, it's, there's no, there's not a whole lot of benefit to you or for you to the organization. Right. No, I'm with you. And I think that's a lot of the times when I'm in either like networking events or different, you know, sports industry things. It's just like when you're first kind of in your career, just wear as many hats as possible, learn as many skills you know, work for a team kind of like yourself. It's like box across. Like people probably even listen to this podcast, don't even know what box across is. And it's like there's all these sports businesses and teams that exist that, you know, people aren't really familiar. So the sports industry is just so vast and ripe with opportunities. And they're out there, but you know, if you're willing to wear 13 hats, then you know it's there for you. But you know, if you just want to sit in the cubicle for nine to five and kind of just hang out and do your thing, then you know, the sports industry might not be for you. Um, it's, you not. <laughs> it's not. It's <but>, not. <laughs> I mean, you can do it. You, you yeah. definitely could. Um, will you enjoy it? And and will you reap the benefits of it? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily see it. Right. Uh, yeah. No, and that's and that's kind of what I was, you know, going to ask you next. What's um, kind of your schedule? Is it nine to five? 
then you got the games, obviously, usually in the evenings, on the weekends. So did you, your schedule kind of in season revolve around, I guess, the the team schedule? Or is it, you know, you work your day, like your day job and then you got a game at night, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think this week is a great example of what you're asking me. Um, like today we start at 10. Um, we had a game last night, Brittany Griner, Phoenix Mercury came to town. So, um, even yesterday, so on game days, we start at 10, um, the days after game days, we start at 10 and, you know, for game days, if, if we're starting at 10, that means that we're in the office till about three, uh, three 30 and then report times typically like four o'clock. So, you know, they're pretty flexible. Um, as long as you're able to, you know, get your stuff done. Like if some people need to go home and like let their dog out before the game and or grab a bite to eat. Uh, for me, we have a gym at the office. So I'm either at the gym and then going getting something to eat before the game um, just because I need to still like for me, it's like preparing as if I'm playing. Right. Yeah. I try to take that same mindset because I feel better. Um and I mean, frankly, like, I also still want to look good. And, and yeah. if there's a, an opportunity for me to to still move around, like, I need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's 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 a, a typical day. And then during the game, you're there from four until maybe last night. We probably didn't leave the arena till about uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, but, you know, during the game, I'm meeting with clients. I'm meeting with prospects. Um uh, we're in the hospitality area. We have mm-hmm. suites that we're engaging, you know, uh, some of our sponsors or some of our corporate clients, whoever it may be. But you're always moving around. Uh, sometimes buyers will come up. You got to be able to put those out. You know, not everybody's going to come and have a great time. And that's just the reality of it because we're human. But um, I think what I've learned is that, you know, you take some empathy, you take some compassion and, you know, if you mess up, you mess up, like, but you can only mess up if you're trying. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, the, and I think when people realize that at the end of the day is if you're just treating people right, everything is going to, to work out. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we're successful right now. I mean, we have, mm-hmm. I'm a part of the, the first sellout crowd in franchise history. There we go. Um, and so that's, that's something special um, that we're hanging our hat on and, and getting ready for it tomorrow night. Right. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of leading me into my next question, but that might be the answer. What's kind of your, um, one of your guys' proudest moments, biggest accomplishments kind of in the sports industry? Uh, I guess we'll go post uh, graduation uh, from Temple. Yeah. Post graduation from Temple. I mean, well, graduation was, was special for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my family and friends came up and, and they were a part of that because and, and that was special for me because I, I needed those individuals. That was my support right. system. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of my friends are family to me. And it's a very small circle. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of kind of what we were talking about yeah, before we, the mid- we, the middle we got name. started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, but in terms of, of my my proudest moment or something that I'm, I'm really, I, I would say that, yeah, being a part of the, the sellout crowd, um, I would say that the, the other thing is that I've, I've really leaned into my craft as a seller. Mm. Um, I've really, I've gone through the trenches because, you know, early on selling, 
uh, lacrosse, it was tough, man. It was a, uh-huh. it was a challenge, um, especially getting people to, to see the value in coming out. Like this is a professional sports team. We play in a beautiful arena. Um, but going through those bumps and bruises, like, I mean, it's, it's refined my selling process to where I can have a conversation with someone and I can say, Hey, look, this is what the value is. Not only can I, can I tell you about the value, but I can show you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm really proud of. I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to network with individuals like yourself um, and continue to, uh, you know, collaborate with other industry professionals to find best practices because we don't know everything. I don't know everything, but the only way that you are going to know something is by asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you'll find in this industry is that if you ask enough people or you ask someone, um, you know, they should be able to tell you. Um, yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, I I love the kind of the selling aspect and, you know, building your sales skills. So, you know, off the, maybe off the top of your head, if you have one in mind, what's kind of your favorite, I guess, either selling book or book on selling that you've read or or you're currently reading that that our viewers should take a, take a look at. (laughs) I, well, it's, it's, it's crazy. I should say the, you know, selling is a weight gain, but I'm a, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't read all of that book. (laughs) Um, But in terms of selling, I think I've been really good at selling myself. So I can't pinpoint a certain book, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I can tell you that things that I was on the fence about, it's someone that I I bought the person. Mm. I didn't necessarily just buy the product. It was the engagement. Um, You know, I mentioned pickleball, right? I've been playing pickleball for about seven, eight months now. My brother got me into it and I love it. We played in a tournament this past weekend here in Texas. And um, I said, I wanted another paddle. Like I wanted like a legit, like, you know, like a Mercedes Benz paddle. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I had an idea of what I was looking for, but, you know, trusting that someone, they weren't just going to sell me the most expensive paddle, Mm -hmm. but they sold me a paddle that, one, I got to try out. Um, two, they were telling me about, okay, well, you know, not only this is kind of what you're already looking for, but look, this is something I think might fit you better. And mm-hmm. it wasn't the most expensive paddle. Um, it was a quality paddle. And essentially it was because I had this experience with this person mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like he was trying to, he's like, oh, he wants this paddle, which right. the original paddle I wanted was like almost $300. Yeah. Um but he took the time to go through the discovery process with me. And so, you know, that, that's what, that's what I would say, man. You, mm-hmm. you got to ask questions, Definitely. be curious, learn about people. The more you learn about somebody in the selling industry, the more likely you are to sell them yep. because you're getting to know them as a person. It's not just a transaction. Exactly. It's, it's like, you're their guy. You're their person mm-hmm. that they feel comfortable with that if they wanted to have, you know, they're going out to have a drink on a Friday night or happy hour. They're like, hey, Jordan, we want you to come along. Yep, yep. I don't really like to drink like that. But, you know, yeah, I'm a guy's guy. So connect with people. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, you know, I think it's especially when you're selling stuff like no one likes to just be like the used car salesman, just sold like buy this, buy this and like be forced. Right. Like no one likes that. But if you can make the connection with the person, as you're saying, that goes way further and will always go further than 
you know, buy this now and you're going to like it. Like no one, that's just never going to work, you know? So I, I, I'm with you there. And that's as beautifully put um, as you stated there. And kind of before we end here, um, I always like to ask, and I'm always curious, um, where do you, where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm a big, you know, kind of, kind of future guy, like thinking of where I want to be and then kind of work backwards. So I'm just curious kind of where you see, where you see yourself in five years um, or 10 years or whatever the number you um, you can choose. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes back to wearing these multiple hats and I always see myself as a leader. Um, I think that's what's made me a successful um, player, mm-hmm. coach, um, you know, now being in the workforce is what made me successful is I see myself as a leader, you know, being able to help other people share my experiences, how I'm doing this with you right now, mm-hmm. being able to share. And, and I, I like to cut the learning curve down for people. I mean, if I went through something really rough and, and tough, but there's a better way, I want to be able to share that. So, mm-hmm. you know, to answer that question, um, I think it's broad in terms of where I'm going to be or where, but I, be, the biggest thing is I want to be happy. Yep. You know, um, it's all about, I'm at you know? this. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it's all about. But I see myself as having a full life. Like, you know, I, I'm coming up in that, that time of my life where I, I see family in my future. I see marriage. I see, you know, becoming a father, those things a part of my future. And so, you know, I, I'm looking for long-term stability and happiness. Yeah. That's that's what I'm after, and that's that's where I know I'll be. So uh, a leadership position with happiness. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, I love it. And I always like asking that because, you know, I like to, in, you know, five or so years, when we'll see what, you know, where you end up in the leadership position and whatnot, circling back. And, you know, I love seeing people kind of start, you know, at the bottom, so to speak, and then kind of work their way up. I just think it's, it's fun. And, you know, when you have friends and, and coworkers and, you know, people that, you know, you know, start somewhere and, and grow, I think that's, that's awesome to see. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. And, um, you know, we wish you all the best and thanks. Thanks for joining us today. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting this up to the listeners and viewers. Um, so if you have any final words here, we'll wrap up here in the next minute or so. Um, we'll just give you the floor. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to close this out, I, I would just tell people, to one, be themselves. Um, don't feel like you have to be in a rush because I've been there in that space where, you know, feeling like you have to be at a certain place and space in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and all it does is that robs you of the present moment Yeah. Um, in which there's so much that's right there in front of you. Um, and I think that this always goes back and more so, I think this kind of goes back to what you asked me about the book. Well, there's a book called Acres of Diamonds, and uh, it's by the founder of Temple University, Russell Conwell. I encourage everyone to read that book um, because it's not in a far off land. It's not somewhere else. It's right there where you are. And, you know, cultivate meaningful relationships, um, love your people, um, and enjoy the moment because you'll never get it back. Yep. You're right. Beautifully put, and thanks for all the the listeners today. And once again, Jordan, thanks for joining us. And you've listened to another episode of the Constant Sports Podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys later.